Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 80. This is the Option Podcast. I have volleyball, uh, former qualifier, main mm. draw, soon-to-be great volleyball writer, mountain climber, a Doha man, um, <laughs> hitman for hire, Travis Muirwitter. This is episode 80, people, and the episode starts. Hey, what's right, happening, Jay? Right now. <laughs> Guess who's back? Back again. Guess who's back? <laughs> He's light skin. <laughs> Guess who's back? He takes no slack. He's not whack. I'm half black. Um, Travis, what's up, man? What's happening, Jay? Good to see you. Good to see you, man. We were talking before we got in the air. Um, there's going to be no particular order chrono, chrono, uh, chronologically, okay. so just be be patient with that. Um, I have kind of a way of bouncing back and forth, and my supporters basically let me do whatever I want. So here we go. Yeah. Um, we what were we talking? What were we talking about before we went on? Oh, like volleyball players, right? Are yeah. kind of like we have to learn how to become things that other people pay people to do. Right. Just, just whatever you need to be. You just yes. be, you're kind of a chameleon. Yes. You know, I need my house painted. Do we hire a painter? Fuck no. <laughs> You're an what Avenger. I, Get up I there. <laughs> I was literally, uh, I was just our plumber uh, cleaning out our uh, our shower drain and our sink. So I became a plumber today. Yep. That's the newest skill set of the day. <laughs> hey. Listen, women are all down with that women's equality and 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 get on men about that sexist stuff, but comes out to when it comes to plumbing comes to taking out that garbage it's funny because you're the man you're the man of the house (laughs) it's it's funny because like i'm the trash guy i'm also i'm the dish guy so i do the dishes but delaney's the handyman like she so we have a um like a little outdoor area and we needed to build a fence so to keep our weight room uh like kind of little protected okay so people don't like steal our weights and stuff so delaney is the one who built the fence she does all the handiwork around the house i'm like yep baby i'll do the dishes and uh Today I did the plumbing, but um, yeah, she is like the the man of the house. She's awesome. She's amazing. Good. That's good to know that you know that up front. I'm actually sharing this on my on my um time my newsfeed as well as um NY Varsity Sports. It's live. I'm just using this as a hook. We're gonna tease some people. Then we're gonna cut them off and tell them to go on iTunes <laughs> and Spotify or YouTube or come back here. Yeah, Delaney. Um, we're definitely gonna talk about her. Because I love powerful volleyball couples. When I say powerful volleyball couples, people think, oh, like two gold medalists or this or that. No, I'm talking about people who excel at the sport. Um, People who are excellent uh, in in things outside of the sport. Um, Intellectually, psychologically, like... She had, she told her story in that little three minute clip in the AVP, and mm-hmm. honestly, I have a new um, respect or understanding. I kind of get her now. I didn't get her before. First time I met her, I didn't even like that girl. You know, <laughs> I didn't tell you the first time we met, right? I was at LMU. She's at Pepperdine. I don't know. And, and I'm like the I'm like the director of operations, right? Yeah. And you're not allowed to coach, but John Mayer said there's certain things you can say that technically right. aren't coaching. So she just got yeah. upset at me and she comes up to me and she's like, what are you doing? You know, you can't do that, right? I can't. I'm like, can't do what? She's like, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, 
who are you again? You know, she's like, you're a director of operations. You're not supposed to speak. And I looked at her like assistant coaches ain't supposed to speak either. So, so take what you know about my personality and, and what, and hers. And that first meeting yeah. goes like that. And I'm like, man, get out of here with that nonsense. You know, but then, <laughs> but then you understand, like she came up in the sport, you understand, yeah. um, both yeah. parents. And sometimes you feel like you're entitled because you're there. And then when you realize you're not, you got to put the work in and then you have contempt by everybody else that feel for, for everyone else that feels entitled <laughs> so that's yeah. where that kind of comes from because of the hard work and the due she had to pay you know and then but then as she gets to know me like dude i'm 50 this year imagine all the work i'll put in on a smaller scale on a bigger scale i want you to picture what you're going to be like when you turn 50 travis take all that and now think about me boom whoa <laughs> so no but um i wanted to plug her and we definitely talk a little bit about her later but i wanted to begin begin the podcast saying hey you know i mean i mean assassin like that you know what i'm saying and, and we all good and and i've always respected her but after listening to her story i have a newer respect for her you know and speaking of new respect man dude if I just, for the people that know you or don't know you, for the people on my podcast, because I got a lot of indoor people that might may or may not uh -huh. know you, this if we're we are just gonna go back just the last two years, we because we go back further, yeah. this podcast is gonna take longer, and we're we're gonna die, <laughs> we're gonna die of starvation, Travis. So um, let's um look at me leaping all over the place. I read this awesome article you wrote. Uh, tell everybody who uh, who you write for again. You you write for yourself, but. <laughs> yeah, so I write for uh, a couple different places. Right now, I write um, full time for the FIVB volleyball mag. I have my own website, um, and then I actually write for an outdoor magazine, like a camping magazine, which is pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I mean, look for everybody listening. This man, over the last four or five years, has breathed life on paper or on your computer screen as far as reading volleyball. And we didn't have enough, and we still don't have enough people that do it on that level. I mean, you were a journalism guy before before you yeah. really got before you got injected with the the volley virus, and there's no <laughs> right, no known cure. So, so. The, what we have in common, I'm not doing it in writing. I, I do it in poetry. If you, ever, you right. ever see me go off on some of my spiels, but there there needs to be more of us uh, um, in volleyball players' lives. And I yeah. really, really, I read this article about just the stress of just getting to Doha. Cause this, oh, is, this, this is what I was getting to. So <laughs> I would like you to walk our um our listeners your listeners everybody whatever i got people yeah. actors that that watch this people that don't even play the sport but i want you to walk them through some of the, the obstacles you had to do just to get there never okay. i mean playing i mean it, this elite the, the elite athletes and you're an elite athlete but playing this competition is stressful enough you know watching video and making in-game adjustments but walk um the floor is yours because i've been yapping the first seven minutes oh, you're, but you're, the floor yeah. is yours i want you to walk some of our listeners i'll walk all of our listeners through some of the obstacles that you had to conquer just to get to doha floor is yours yeah. my man it uh Man, it, it was a, a mess. So, I mean, it was the first, this was the first FIVB event that was held since Doha almost exactly a year before. So, I mean, so much had, had passed. And now to hold an event, the very first since all the shutdown of the pandemic and, and all this. So they had to jump through so many different hoops. And usually to play an FIVB, you get a visa, you get a plane ticket, and you show up and you're good. Uh, and it was funny because the last international event I had played was in January of 2020. Me and Adam Roberts played in the Cook Islands and we literally just bought flights, 
showed up and played. And so it's just, it was as easy as that. And then, so in Doha, you needed to get uh, a visa, a special entry permit. You had to test negative for COVID no more than three days prior to your arrival. You had to arrive three days early. You get tested at the airport on arrival, and then you have to quarantine in a hotel until you get the negative test back. Um, Under supervision. And, and yeah, and so you're like supervised the whole time. So I go to, and I was playing with Adam Roberts. So I go to Florida a week before we're about to leave. Um, and to, just to get some reps in, and we were gonna play like a little tune-up tournament, a beach bums tournament in Tampa Bay. And me and Adam hadn't played together since the Cook Islands in January of 2020. So it's been more than a year since we've been on the court together. And we, it's like rainy and windy. And Adam takes uh, one warm-up jump. He comes down and he like puts his hands on his hips. And he's like, I'm done. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, hey, you're when, you're, when you're 45, dude, you could, you could die. You could self-diagnose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's like, wrong? I, I don't like, have uh, No, like, go ahead. <laughs> I was like, uh, all right. Like, what's up? And he's like, yeah, I, um, my calf kind of tweaked out. Um, I did this like a couple weeks before. Couldn't walk for like a week. And this feels pretty similar. I was like, all right, well, I was doing like the math in my head. Like, well, if he couldn't walk for a week before, like our flight leaves in, in a week. So, you know, I don't know if we're going to go to Doha or not at this point. So we, we forfeit the rest of the tournament, um, just hang out. And so Adam says, I, I think I'll be good to go by Monday. And this was Saturday. Well, Monday rolls around. Adam comes up to me in the morning. I'll stand at his place with uh, John Sutton, uh, Jade Race, Adam's fiance, um, this Polish girl, um, Ola Wachowicz. Yeah, yeah and, former St. John's outside hitter. Yeah, she's and, great. And longtime New Yorker. I, I know, and she's playing yeah. in Poland, yeah. That has a player, too. Yep. But, uh, so Adam comes in this morning, he goes, uh, calf's not feeling great. And so he's like, I'm not going to be able to train till at the earliest uh, Saturday. And so Saturday would have been, at the time, two days before the qualifier starts. And, dude, this qualifier at the moment was loaded. Like, yeah. Igor Velichko was in the qualifier. And Igor Velichko has made finals and majors. He played with Oleg. And yeah, he was yeah. Oleg's guy uh-huh. for a while. And Igor Vlitschko was like FIVB Rookie of the Year, like absolute stud. Um, he was in the qualifier. The Swedish kids that we saw jump setting all over, the four-star, they were in the qualifier. It, it was like this stacked thing. And I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea to go into Doha with zero reps. We have no idea if you'll actually be ready by Saturday. Like going to the Middle East isn't like driving down the road to a beach bums tournament, you know, and coming back. Like, this is a pretty big commitment. Um, and so I end up, I end up training Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday rolls around and, uh, I'm practicing at, uh, with LT Truman. I don't know if you got the chance to know him while he was out here. LT's nice. LT's nice for, well, yeah. the first time we actually talked, um, he was coaching Baranek and Kalinsky, and he mm-hmm. was in a qualifier and I was coaching Rob McLean or Rob Diorora. Okay. And then we met a second time cause I was coaching Rafu and Ed. Okay. And then the third time actually, the, um, why well, I, I, I was more filming. It was Ed, uh, Earl Schultz and and um, Jake Garudia. Okay. So he we end, ended up going against him three times. He's like he doesn't you know he loves me. But he don't want to see me no more. But but love <laughs> love me some LT. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So LT's he's building like a pretty cool thing at this place called B Volley mm-hmm. in, in Florida, Pete. right? Yeah, in St. Pete's. It's it's uh, six courts, really deep sand, like great facility. Uh, so I was training out there, and this was Wednesday, the day before we were about to leave. I get a call from the FIVB and they're like, uh, your guys' visas are delayed. Um, you can't can't come to Doha. 
right now. Like you, you won't be able to get onto the flight. I was like, all right, great. So we had an injury. Adam doesn't know if he can play. Uh, now our visas are delayed. We don't know if we can get into the country. And I was like, like God, are you like trying to tell me not to go to this tournament? Like if so, like it's fine. I'll stay home. Florida's great. I can just go back to California and like hang out with my wife. It's awesome. Um, so I tell Adam and Adam's like full bore. I didn't know if Adam would be like, okay, like let's just call it. But if you guys know Adam Roberts, most competitive person in the world, like fantastic human being. He's like, screw it. So he immediately gets his new flights for Friday to get in Saturday, which means that if we get in Saturday, we have to quarantine for at least a day and qualifier is supposed to be Monday, which means we will get zero reps together. None. And Adam wouldn't have jumped for like two weeks. And so I was like, dude, this is tight. <laughs> like, this is- <laughs> We're going in here, Adam. Anytime, you know, because even yeah. for a one star, you're going to have elite athletes, man. You're yeah, dude, well, one stars are crazy because like you get, some of these really good players that no one's heard of. So this Russian team that we'll end up playing was the back-to-back-to-back European Youth Championships, European Youth Champions. Like, Anders yep. and Christian didn't win that. No. And these two Russian kids, and, like, you got, like, all these – it's pretty much the top youth in Europe, like, under 21, under 22. And every now and then you get a guy like Igor Vlitschko who's trying to get a guy points. And so he's dropping into one stars. And it's like, so one star is like dependent. They can be hit and miss. Like you can get really good. Players. Even Cambia was good. Cambia. Oh yeah. I, I, I got that queued up. We're going to, we're going to actually watch one play on that later, but I got yeah. that. I got that queued up on my, you know, yeah. Gambia was great. Yeah, man. But, and so like, I, uh, so Adam gets his new flights though. And we end up getting our visas good to go. Um, so we leave on Friday uh, get in Saturday. No one was there to pick us up at the airport and we couldn't leave. So we were stuck there for like three hours. Cause in, in with the way that the quarantine works is that you cannot leave the airport unless you are getting picked up by someone who's going to supervise you to your site of quarantine. Right. So we had to wait. And so it was crazy because the driver was just sitting out there. He didn't know that we couldn't leave. He had to come pick us up to get uh-huh. us out of the airport and he didn't know it. So he was just sitting there and we were like this gap. And then we just like, couldn't. How are you not gonna it know? <laughs> it, was, it was a mess. They had a couple drivers and like everything's so new. Like you couldn't even get mad at anyone cause like all this stuff is so new. Like this is all unprecedented territory. So we quarantined in the hotel, uh, takes us 26 hours to get our results back. Um, we end up both testing negative. We get like an hour of training in, uh, train the next day against Russia uh, cause they moved the qualifier back a day which was really helpful. That was, that's, so, that's a lifesaver. Oh yeah. It's huge. Cause we were terrible against Russia when we trained. And of course, like Adam knows the guy, like this guy, Dan Kovichka, this really good Russian player. He had won two gold medals in a one and two star, I think. And um, so they were a good team and they just like smack us all over the place. And I was like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't great. Um, but it's just, so because the travel was so tough though, so many teams dropped out of the reserve list and qualifier that me and Adam ended up getting bumped up to the one seed, but there were seven teams left in the qualifier, which gave us a double buy into the main draw. Oh shoot. So we said no one left to play. So oh. I was like, Oh, that's the great best I've ever played the qualifier <laughs> in my life. Pays the show up. <laughs> <laughs> Pays the show up, dude. Yeah, because yeah. I remember you were talking to some of your people, uh, um, you know, uh, your peers, uh, Triborn, right? Um, John Mayer, I think you, you chatted with him a little bit. John Mayer is like, not just my friend. Talk about mutual friends. That's a brother from another mother. Yeah. Um, 
And they all said the same thing that you and your heart of hearts knew what they were going to say all along. But sometimes yeah. you just need to hear it out loud. Yeah. What do you usually lose? What do you got to lose? What do you got to yeah. lose? The worst yeah. thing that can happen is you go and you get your ass kicked. But, but so what? Uh, what, what happens yeah. if you don't show up at all? <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. I texted uh, my like own personal little executive board whenever mm-hmm. I have to make a tough decision is Delaney, Jordan Chang, John Mayer, and Triborn. Yeah. And so I texted all of them and Jordan Chang was like, well, what, like, what, are you missing out on something? Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you don't go, I was like, no, I just be training and doing everything I've been doing for the last year and a half yeah. of COVID, just like training for whatever might may or may not pop up on the schedule. He's like, dude, you, you got to go. Like, you're not going to lose points by playing in the one star. Like, you're fine. Like, go for it. It's like, you're right. Tribe was like, Doha's warm. Adam will be fine. <laughs> and mayor was like, yeah, man, like go. And so I was like, all right, well, you guys are great. And Delaney said the same thing. Jordan was like, she's like, I wish I had the chance to compete right now. The one star women couldn't compete. So Delaney couldn't go. Right. She was like, I'm jealous you had the opportunity. And here you are like going back out. And I was like, you're right. I'm going. (laughs) You don't want to be in that house for her the next two days and her looking at you like. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we ended up like sneaking into main draw and and i mean the teams that ended up in the qualifier were not ended up not being that great uh because everyone dropped out um so i think we would have qualified either way but we make it to main draw we play this team from poland really good team from poland who were uh had lost in the finals of the european youth championships two years in a row to this russian team we'd end up playing and they were solid like thumping balls and warm-ups and <laughs> me and adam we got to be the worst warm-up team in history. Like the least intimidating warm-up team Those in the history. Those are the scary ones, dude. You guys are the scary ones, man. Yeah. I'm not worried about the one who's putting on the show with no blocker and and yeah. the fan and everyone just gathers around to watch this dude hit some two balls or some, you know, some, some one and a half or whatever. No, those aren't the guys. Nope. Yep. You you guys like you, man. You yeah. and Adam, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story about Adam after this, but I really uh, I really wanted the fans to appreciate what what you guys what you guys did um and yeah you get to this play you're watching them warm up and go yeah ahead. and there's there's like this net behind to keep the balls in and they're just like <laughs> bouncing these balls over this net and me and adam are just like oh high line little cut shot poke line let's serve <laughs> like we're just like the softest warm-up players you've ever seen in your life he got you to practice like, like a 45 year old <laughs> yeah. if we're, we're sitting there in our boxes before we go out and adam's like Dude, I tell you what, that's a top 10 warm-up team in the world we're about to play. <laughs> and we, I mean, we'd never seen them play there. You know, they're 22-year-old kids. And, um, but sure enough, like, they get blocked. I, I picked up a couple early blocks, and it just changed everything. Because I think, like, a block can change so much, especially with a physical team. And most international matches are what I would call a blockers match. Everyone's so physical that, like, you need to to block the ball or like your defender's not going to. Yeah. Your, your twitch reaction's not, it's not enough. Yeah. Right. And so like I jetted a couple at the start and it just changed everything because then they started shooting, but their shots were not all that crisp and they were good. Like, it's not like we blew them out. It was like 22, 20, 21, 18 or something. Um, But it it changed the dynamic of their offense, which was great. Then we had that barn burner versus Gambia, which you brought up. That was gnarly. Yeah. We, that, I mean, didn't you, you know by the beginning, though? You, didn't, I mean, well, didn't you know was, by the beginning? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it was weird. Like, 
like I, I've played, I think four Norsecas or three Norsecas. And so you see teams similar to Gambia a lot where they, he's just like fast, explosive jumpers and just like another, like just beating the crap out of the ball in warmups. And Adam was like, we're going to get dunked on a few times. That's fine. And I was like, you know, I don't think their ball control is there to sustain it for long enough. Like, I think we'll be fine. Yep. And then uh, we were down like 13-8 the first tech. And I was like, Jesus, yeah. like, how do you score on these guys? That's Adam, so but that's Adam Roberts volleyball, man. You get blown yeah. out the first set. The second set looks like more of the same. And then something happens. You get an ace. You get uh, yeah. maybe maybe one break from the ref allows you to use an opportunity to score three more points. You um, got their timing. Because they're very, they're very long arm hitters. Like they're lying over. If you yeah. don't wait, you're gonna catch. You're gonna this guy's just gonna be poking over you. You know, yeah. like a three quarter shot on your way down. So yeah, the, the you are like yeah. six eleven. Yeah, and I'm only six foot four. So like, if you get a six eleven guy on me, like you yeah. shoot. Actually, I'm time. gonna show him a video. I'm gonna I'm gonna cue him in. We're gonna get yeah, yeah, DJ up. spin that ash. This is the uh, the second play of the game. Yeah, number two. Like, this is how our whole match went. It's just so gnarly. Now, for everybody uh, listening on the audio, just be patient. We're like, dig, basically, cross-court Adam digs, one over. Another opportunity for Cambia. Another dig by Adam. This time, Travis does the up and down. Jumbo gets dug. Player's almost on the sand. This play is still going on. We are close to... 20 seconds no we're like no dude that's a 28 second play that play yeah. was 28 seconds long my it, man it and was crazy man. yeah that was wow <laughs> but like you said players with long arms uh good athleticism but um adam suspected their sustainability to be able to perform to do the things that they do yeah. well we were um, we were both surprised that yeah. like they were able to stay in it as long as they did because like they weren't great ball control players uh -huh. but they were so athletic and explosive that it was a pretty still night like a rare still night in doha like we were playing in 25 mile an hour winds a lot and uh that was one of the calmer nights of the tournament which i think helped their cause yeah because they were yes. not great passers mm -hmm. but and that's what happened to them the next day is that they lost to a qatari team that they shouldn't have lost to just because it was so windy and they were just spraying the ball so that's what I expected to happen, but it didn't. Like, they just stayed so calm and composed the whole time until, like, late in the third set, the wheels kind of came off a little bit. Like, we were down eight to four. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Do you great. know, every time I saw you guys serve, there was a, a certain way that they passed the ball that I was yeah. like, you guys are going to get this point. And I was right. There was a, there was a play where he, Adam served his left shoulder, and he made the guy move a little bit out of system. Um, still, still able to bring it back, but it looked like he lost a certain percentage of his court vision, which has yeah. almost become totally contingent on his partner's call now. And yeah. almost every time they had to do that, you kept your discipline. Adam just spied out the up and down on a difference. Like any for him, like the up and down came more from the cut, where normally people the cut is more of a drop for other teams. And right. and like the straight shot, like the the hardest shot was the over the top off the. We're just talking one block. I'm not talking like the two block switch or the switches you guys were doing. Right. But after a while, you got, like you said, you, you just figured it out. And that was yeah. really, really cool. And that's that's Adam Roberts volleyball. I'm not saying you were long for the ride or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But but um, that's the Adam I know, dude. Just yeah. improvise, well, I mean, improvise and overcome. With, when you play with Adam, you know, he. I mean, he knows that he's going to get 90% of the serves. 
And so when you play with Adam, like, I mean, it, it is at the end of the day, Adam's show and he has all the pressure on him. And so he's like, whatever, he'll be like, Hey man, I'm going to take this pass in service. You know, I'm standing on the line. Like I want you passing 80% of the court. And it's amazing how often that just makes them lollipop a serve. Cause they're like, all right, well, let's still serve it to Adam. But then now we have his ball control. Plus I'm left-handed. So we have, I optioned a lot. Uh, just because Adam just knows that like, he's like, I'm going to get this serve. So I'm going to make it as hard as possible for them to serve me. And they just like, boop. and it's yeah. like, Adam has this perfect pass, easy option. So he's just smart. Like he's just this like chess wizard. And he's honestly playing phenomenal volleyball. Talk it's about, I was talking about you the last two years. How about uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Adam Roberts, right? I yeah. was at that game. I was at that game when he and Banesh played um, Slick and Allen on center court. Yeah. In the, um, on Man. center court. That was center court, Hermosa Beach, uh, 2019, which we'll just call last year because 2020, we're just trying to forget about. Um, yeah, no, but I was there because I was coaching um, Earl and Jake. I got, I actually got them into the draw. I coached them yeah. into the draw that 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 tournament, yeah. which, by the way, was my birthday. So that was that was just a good night. Coached them into the yeah. draw. It's my birthday. It's karaoke, hundred dollar first prize. I won that one. <laughs> I, they gave me my crown. So, so it was, all, it was all a great night. Then the next day we got house spider McKibbins and this and that. But um, the point I was trying to make, Adam's always been in the mix, qualifier, top of the bottom of the main draw, top of the qualifier. He's played a long time with um, um, who's the cat from Cal Northridge? Who's the CSUN guy? That likes he likes to freaking play, but doesn't like to train. What's his name? Um. I'll, I'll, it'll come to me later because he played with Greg. Greg Faulkner actually was joking about him. So okay. Marty Lorenz. Marty. Marty, okay. Lorenz. Marty Lorenz hates hates the hates the freaking train. That's the rumor on here. <laughs> and I'm outing him on my podcast. Fine. Um, but I seen Adam play on a level that I haven't seen him play since 2001 you know, yeah. 2002. You know, a little story about Adam before we go on. Adam spent yeah. a lot of time in New York. Um, I met really? him in New York City. Okay. I had, uh, I my know. mentor, Oldest Lucis, who's, by the way, is Tina Granita's godfather, um, okay. Tina from Latvia. He's like, hey, I got this guy in. And he's, he's just looking to play some indoor. Some. So I take him to the one place in New York that's only for linemen, not for freshmen. It's it's called Riverbank, Riverbank yeah. State Park, paid for by the state of New York. Dem- littered with Dominican guys from who are visiting from Santa Domingo, Mocha, you know, um, and, and and Washington Heights, you know, basically that's yeah. Dominican land. And if you can't pass, you can't play. They don't care how tall you are. If, you, if you're a right. tall guy that can't pass, go play with the girls. Get out of here. You know, fuck out of yeah. here. So Adam, me and him, we come there by ourselves. I know some people, I hook it up, and I'm like, shit, we don't have a middle. Adam goes, I'll play middle. <laughs> and when you play fours, Fours is very much like open men's indoor. You, uh, it, it's about the middles. Where beach is, beach, the highest level is really about the serve and first contact. That's right. what divides the, the, the double A and triple A guys from open and low on higher level. Um, double A for open for indoor is the middles. And Adam goes, I'm good. And I'm like, I'm like, do you want a two? He says, no, just set me on one. You know, I'm like, you sure? I'm just, so I just start, I just held my hands high and, and this dude just we played like three sets and got out of there we he you know he says i gotta i gotta leave whatever but this dude just housed the entire night and everybody's like who jason who is you know who the hell did you bring today you know so but that was a cool story that was the first day i met adam i met that was 1998 i Adam still recognizes me because back then I weighed 265 pounds. I, I, when I got out of the army and I played some pro volleyball in Germany, and when I got back, I just 
you know so but he's like no I, I remember who you are and that was really cool you know he, he's he, but the story I wanted to tell is he has a long memory he remembered my face and my oh, name yeah. he also remember I wasn't a, a particularly nice guy back then I've changed <laughs> so much I'm still I'm still paying the gods back for my my past but <laughs> but but he's the kind of guy I guess he's old enough and he's mature enough to be like hey you know I see you now I see you then and we made it. We both made it. So, so that's yeah. that's just a share I wanted. I, I wanted with Adam, and I'm optimistic, if not hopeful, that you're going to continue to play with him. Maybe the next tournament or tournaments to come. What's going on? Yeah, we uh, we committed to. So the FIVB came out with a schedule, um, and there's like this Europe uh, swing, uh, kind of stretch where it's Bulgaria, Prague for a two star, Bulgaria, Rwanda for a two star, Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. And why Bulgaria is suddenly the beach hotspot, I don't know. But so we, we're like committed to that stretch. So that's like May through mid-June mm-hmm. um, that we're going to be out in Europe. And so we like committed through that stretch because like I freaking love playing with Adam. Like he, I mean, one, a great player, but also just a great person and a phenomenal partner. Like he, he's the most competitive person I know. I mean, he takes losing hard. And so after we lose, we lost a heartbreaker to Russia uh, in the quarterfinals. 15, 12. And, um, th- yeah. Third set. Yep. Tough one, man. And so we both go, and this was at, our match started at 8 o'clock p.m. And so we were all like, and our flight was leaving the next day. If we won, we would have changed our flight. But um, so we lose to Russia and Adam like is just distraught and just like, just beating himself up over and over again. So I, I don't sleep that night. I stay up and I'm writing. I'm like too jacked up to fall asleep. And so me and Adam at like four in the morning, we get in the elevator to go back. And we hadn't said a word since we lost. I just kind of like let Adam do his thing. And he's just like sitting in the elevator and he's like, you played awesome. And so, and he like immediately sent out texts to like a bunch of the top defenders in the U S and they're like, and he was just like, listen, if you're not happy with your blocker, my guy, Travis is like, plan balling out he was literally like shopping me out to the best defenders who like might have been looking for a blocker i was like dude like i will go to war with you all day long adam and so when he asked when the fivb schedule came out i called adam and i was like yo let's go he's like let's do it so he just came out to california for training uh we're actually training with try and trevor uh tomorrow morning um so adam's my guy freaking love him man yeah man i um the thing adam likes about you and I'm going to speak for Adam on this, is you are a partner where you don't have to deal with your partner. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, um, I, t- I talked to him yesterday on the beach. I had some New Yorkers okay. that were visiting. So what I did was I set yeah. up a tent. I set up lines for them. You know, you know, I have balls galore all over this freaking oh, yeah. house. Oh, yeah. I actually gave 15 balls to a group, uh, a training group in Tanzania that needed volleyball. So all of my nice. old yellow ones, I yeah. actually, um, I gave them four pairs of volleyball shorts brand new i get you know that i had in the house uh some low-cut high top mizunos threw that in the box and i gave them like 16 um 16 oh white and white and yellow balls so so I, so adam's you know playing with his fiance and this and that and yeah and people started running running up to him because he spent some time in new york and i was like hey man and i, and I told him the same thing i'm telling you right now i said travis is a partner where you don't have to deal with your partner and and some of the people kind of knew what i was talking about but adam knew right away because you've been playing yeah. that long you know it's you know there's certain personalities and your personality mm-hmm. is 
um, and I'm going to say something nice again, is you're, inter- you're, you're quasi-interchangeable where like if you need to take control or be in control, you'll do it. Um, but just as easily on the other on the other end of that spectrum, you're very you're you're very willing to give up control too. Because yeah. for the people listening in this podcast, there's no such thing in a doubles partnership as 50-50 control. If anyone tells you that is lying through the devil ass. Just just <laughs> just smack them with this little this little uh, green tea frap cup. <laughs> dump <laughs> dump it on their head, you know, um, because they're not being candid. That's, uh, I mean, even if the the margin is different uh, uh, this much. There are levels, of course, but but I like that you're a good partner for Adam because you you do give up some control where where someone like him um, has who has who by the way and I'm going to finish in a minute that has the rare gift of dictating how fast or how slow they want the pace of the game to to come. Mm-hmm. Those guys, everyone thinks that they're a dime a dozen. I'm telling you, those they're not unicorns either. But but there's so few of them you can name them. John Mayer when he played dictated yeah. how fast how slow he'll, he'll he'll talk to the refs he'll, he'll you know he'll, he'll he'll hold the ball you know you know what i'm saying he creates de facto timeouts and this and that but yeah. adam has adam is one of those players travis that has that gift to dictate if if the other team likes to play fast guess what no we're going slow if they if yeah. the other team you know is on one knee because all of a sudden they're in new york and new york's a little bit more humid and and that sand is harder than normal. Your feet start to look like roast beef. Adam's like, give me the ball. Give me the ball. We're going to serve right, yeah. you know, right away. Yeah. So, so, but that's a high compliment to Adam, but an even higher praise for someone like you because your volleyball IQ uh, permits you to know that, to know that right away. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, I'm an undersized blocker, right? I mean, I'm, I'm six foot four. So, which on the world tour is, is small. So like, which I, I mean, I'm fine. Like I can win as a six four blocker. That's fine. But I need to make up for whatever physical deficits I have with mental strategy. And so, like, if you watch enough film from Doha, you'll notice that I probably played more on the left than I did the right. Yeah. So and and Adam was like, "Hey, I want you to be team captain, like to go to the ref because on the world tour, only the guy elected captain can call timeouts." Mm-hmm. And Adam's super self aware, so he knew that he can get pretty proud at times. And he was like, if I'm too proud to call timeout, just call timeout. If I'm too proud to want to switch sides, just pull me over and switch sides. And so whenever Adam would get in a little rut, I would just be like, all right, man, like go to the right. You know, you're a beast over there. I'm fine on the left. Like I play with lefties all the time. I play left side a lot. And so we were just like in a situation where Adam kind of told me the responsibilities he wanted me to take over. I, you know, I let him kind of handle whatever he wanted to handle. And then we just like worked it out and it ended up being awesome. Like we, it's rare to find that chemistry with a partner, but I think that what you were speaking to with, I'm not a partner that you have to deal with is that I just understand that beach volleyball, there's only two people on the court. So I think the number one skill you can bring to the court is not passing or setting or serving. It's how can I get the best out of my partner? Because if you're bringing your partner up, you're by extension bringing your team up. So, and Delaney's big on that too. And I, I think that's why she was able to win that queen of the beach down in Florida. Cause I think she's the, one of the best partners on the beach. She makes everyone so good. She's also the transition queen. Oh, yeah. I've seen her play some games every time she got a dig. You know what? I, I'm, I'm, and I'm with Kelly. I'm with my, my, want to talk, want to talk about power, power, power woman. I got a, I yeah. got a savage for a, for a wife, you know, uh, yeah. 
two state championships for a high school, got recruited to Harvard, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Top 50 tennis player for juniors, golf. So me, her and I, we watch a lot of these videos together and, and Delaney digs a ball. It's like, she got it. She got the point, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I'll say it again. She got the point. And she's like, yep, I see the same thing, you know? So another high praise to Delaney, man. She, she's the transition queen. And, and yeah, she's, she's big on that. As far, I guess she, from what you're saying, she's big on like maximizing, um, each other uh, and what you what you want in fact expect out of out of a partnership before you play in the tournament and preparing for the tournament and of course in game so yeah yeah yep. and i think i mean it, that's why it was so fun to watch like her and katie spieler play for two years because i mean they were just so good on the court together and, and katie got the best out of delaney and delaney got the best out of katie i don't know it's just fun to watch her play because in that queen of court you know she won with carly khan and she beat Kelly plays in Zana. Then she won with Zana and beat Kelly. And then she played with Kelly and just like barns. Like they were just yeah. like, man, they were good. Mm -hmm. And it's just cool to watch how adaptable she is. Cause I mean, she hadn't defended in like three years and she ended up beating uh, Kelly Kalinske and Emily Stockman, who are badass teams. She beat them in the finals with Kelly, someone she's never played with in a position she hasn't played in three years. And no. I was like, God, like you're so good. <laughs> Yeah, so cool is. to be married to you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she's she um she's very very good. You you are surrounded by a pretty good brain trust. I mean, she's good with yeah. that. John John Mayer's really good with um taking care of things you can control. The the guy mm -hmm. preaches up and down about controllables. Oh yeah. Um, and he and I had a little debate about like an in game controllables and this and that. Um, me I'm more of a live in a video room like a hermit, and I'm all about keeping the mood. Uh, keeping waves small because big waves mm -hmm. crash. There's very few p players that um, the old saying is, and this is an indoor saying too, for every five you get on the high, you give up nine points on the low. So, so yep. because bigger waves crash. So, right. but John, I've always agreed with like in-game stuff for like controllables. I'm like, cool, take care of the things you can control. That only allows you to beat the teams you're better than and lose to the teams that are better than you, you know, but then John's like, no, Jason, I'm talking about your time in the weight room, right? You control that your your, your nutrition, right. your general nutrition. So I think on a preparational level, uh, uh, combined with the in-game level, he I thought he he won that debate uh, with me. But but I'm always because my entire career as a player and as a coach and now as a commentator, um, the last couple of years um, is doing less with more. I'm always trying to find. I'm, I'm not trying to take care of things only I can control. I'm, I'm gonna look to see, you know, how I can make their life miserable too. Cause, <laughs> cause if I do this straight up, taking care of the things I can control, I'm gonna lose. I feel, I always feel like I'm gonna lose all the time. So, so John, John kind of um, provided that balance. He, he says, not, I'm not just talking on court. I'm talking about, right. you know, get, you know, get on the court a better player before the game starts. That's something you can control. Right. So, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm a huge mayor disciple yeah. in, in that front i think pretty much everything he says is like pretty much gold yeah. and whenever i pr get in practices with him i mean i'm just like sitting there taking mental notes the whole time so i'm a huge fan of control what you can control so i yeah. you know against gambia for example i'm not 6 11 i can't control my height but i can control what i do with it yes you know yeah. and i can't control how well they pass the ball mm -hmm. but i can control how well i serve it i can at least make their life difficult and you're bigger uh, than that Dude, you're bigger than that. How old yeah. is, how tall is Trevor? Trevor's about he's like one inch taller than me. Okay. He's like a little bit I was gonna say you better not say six six, man. I'll reach through this. No, camera. Trevor's not no, six but, six. No, but Trevor is bigger than that. 
Yeah. And the one inch you're talking about, I mean, if someone hunches, you're basically the same damn, right. you you know, you're the guy who's standing up straight. <laughs> He's the hunter. Yeah. So, that, uh, no, but, you're, love, but Travis, you're bigger watching, than that. Yeah, I love watching Trevor because it's not, you don't need to be huge to be an effective blocker. You know, I watch, uh, so I work with Evie Matthews a lot. And he's like, I want you to become the American Giannis Smedens. I want you to be the American Smedens. And I watch Smedens and it's not, you're not getting high. So even Allison, Phil Dahlhauser, you know, you're talking about the best offensive players in beach volleyball history. They'll still swing an inch, two inches, three inches above the net. Not every time. But they'll do it maybe 30% of the time. Mm -hmm. You can walk 30% of those balls if you just have good hands. And that's what Trevor, I think, has some of the best blocking hands on the beach where he – no, he's not like this enormous like block. But his hands are just perfect, and they're shaped right, and they're pressing low and in the right spots, and he's just smart. And that's the most, I think, underrated skill on blocking is having that good low press with effective hands. Yep. Top carry. Like, oh, this guy's huge. He's going to be a great blocker. It's like, well, if he's not skilled, he's just going to get abused up there, you know. And so I think it's it's better to be small with good hands than huge, and you're just a goon. Yeah. Hey, for the people wishing, Evie Matthews is um, um, Kelly Kelly Kalinsky and Emily Stockman's coach, amongst other people. And and again, Stockman and Kalinsky when they're they're. They're very much like Rafi Paulis, man. When they're on, they look like they can do no wrong. <laughs> they look like world, be- world world beaters, right? We, weren't we talking about Rafi when he was playing with um, yeah. um, with Rice, you know? Yeah, um, the other morning. Yeah, man. Just what? what I'm there. Some days, even if he misses, he can't miss. Yeah. Um, well, Emily and Kelly, man, are they? They got to be the most underrated team on the planet. I mean, they're ranked number seven in the world. But no one ever talks about him. I think Kelly Kalinske is so freaking good, dude. She she's one. I think the best peel digger in the world. And, yeah. and then she's, she's got a good first time. Probably her husband. Yeah. But um, I, got, I think she, they yeah. are unreal. And then you get Stockman, who's just like this physical freak, and like no one ever talks about him. And I don't know why. But I, I think Kelly is like a transcendent talent. And Emily is so good. She's a workhorse. I was really glad to have Kelly on my show. I, I actually asked her questions to see if I could get her to bite some bait where we could have a fun conversation that might hurt some yeah. people's feelings. But she's too professional. She, 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 didn't, she didn't take the bait. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. you're so – I said, oh, my God, Kelly, you're so good. And she's like – <laughs> like I am. No, but her, listen, her peel block is good because if you look at her first step, her first step is big where the speed's already there, allowing her the right to slow down. Where right. some people's peel, sometimes it's a back pedal or sometimes it's small, where they still have to build, they, they have no choice but to build up speed. They're already slow. So her right. first her first um, step is already set at 30 miles an hour to, with the right, right to slow down to 15 or 10 or whatever. Um, you look at Sharif, uh, his peel. He's something I call a dip and puller, which I actually try to teach some of my guys. And that I've concluded that sometimes that's about talent. So like some of my juniors girls, I see a girl who's low and long and athletic and I'm like, try it. It's basically dip. And instead of jumping dip and while you're dipping first step. And yeah. the guy, and the guy who's who's here loses you. They expect you to do this, and they're they're rolling right into your thing. Mm-hmm. But you still have to have the athleticism to get the line over to, or the cut over or the crossover. And he he yeah. does it really well for the guys. And Kelly Kelly does it like like you just said. She does it really well for the women. Yeah, um, she's fantastic. Um, what was your first main draw that you made? 
Uh, first main draw was uh, domestically was Austin of 2018. Was that Rafi? Yeah, with Raf. And did that finish at 11 o'clock at night? Is uh, my oh, yeah. memories? Yeah. So we uh, we were the 10 seed, and we got there at 10 a.m. First match is it was supposed to be scheduled for like 11:30, uh, and we did not finish playing until 11 p.m. And then we had to play first round the next morning against Billy Allen and Ryan Doherty. <laughs> and I mean, you're playing first main draw, you're playing to 11 p.m. And we make main draw and like, I, I didn't sleep a wink that night. We get up and like, we got bloodshot eyes. You know, we out, we go out and we were, we made it respectable against Billy and Ryan. We lose like 16 and 15 maybe. Um, and then we like find a tree and fall asleep under the tree until like 10 minutes before our next match. <laughs> we were just done. That's right. Cause at a contenders bracket game too. You were yeah. so tired. Yeah. You that actually almost made my list, dude. I had a top five uh, qualifier matches the last five yeah. years. Dude, Austin, uh, the, uh, all of the candidates were littered with matches in Austin. That that, that one tournament, 2017. It's funny because uh, yeah. the, the our best match was not our playing match. Our best match, maybe like craziest qualifier match I've ever played was the round before. Yeah. We played Baranek and Prosser. And we win the first set 21-19. We lose the second 22-20. Uh-huh. We had match point at 2019 at the freeze. Uh, blew it. Um, we lose the second, and then we were down huge in the third set, and end up coming back to win sixteen fourteen the third. It was like an hour and a half match, like heat of the Austin day, and uh, and then we played uh, Dentler and Dylan Merrick, and we won in three. And Dentler was like cramping out hard. It was a long day because Dentler and Dylan had that's to beat Brunsting and, and Samuels. No, but and, that's a big win because two thousand seventeen. Dentler and Dylan were it was 18. They were balling. Like yeah. Dylan, I think Dylan's so good. NVL final. I remember it was um NVL finals against yeah. Miles yeah. Evans and um Dave Palm. And Dave Palm. Yep. So that was the same time. That was a co-promotion. That was a World Series of Volleyball, World yeah. Series of Beach Volleyball, and um, NVL. And that was wow. Yeah, oh, wow, good for them, man. Dylan's yeah. another guy, man. I really like Marek. I He's so team. good. But that first set, Marek. like, we got smashed that yeah. first set against them. We lost 21-14. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in the box like, all right, well, this is the first time I've made the final round of a qualifier. Like, well, you know, I, I should lose, right? You know, this is how it goes. Like, all right, next time I get here, maybe I'll win that one. And then Dentler started cramping. And we got a little momentum, and um, we were down 10-8 and ended up winning, I think, 15-10. I think we, we ended that on a 7-0 run. Cool, man. It's just good serve to space, right? Good serve to space, good good blocking, and not to mention someone cramps up and like a shark smells blood in the water, boy. Yeah, um, very, very good. Uh, fun question, because I think you wrote something about this, but I think I want to revisit it. Yeah. Uh, you make the main draw with um, – Rafi, right? Yeah. Eleven o'clock at night, and again, all of those nightlight matches were were um, as far as like the top qualifier matches in the last decade. Um, yeah. I, I ended up uh, giving it to Schickler, uh, Schlicker, and um, um, yeah, against um. Yeah, well, dude, they, yeah. I mean, they had the Texas crowd. Like you had to yeah. give it to him against yeah. Brian Miller and uh, yeah. Brett Ryan. You got to check it out. I, I mean, I put it out late, so I'm, I'll send you the, the link later. Okay. I put it out late, and yeah. my it's. My East Coast people and my people from Germany and Australia—they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're eating it up. But uh, West West Coast, I didn't do like a regional promotion thing for it. Yeah. So only like I think Eric Baranek knows because he 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 got number one. 
Okay. Um, no, no, he got number two. Number one was Rafi, uh, Rafa Rodriguez and Kevin McCulloch against Reed Pretty and Kane oh Shaw. Gosh. Huntington Dude. qualifier. Three of, the, three of those guys draw. ended up being AVP champs. First <laughs> round draw in the history of AVP qual. That was a first round. Mm-hmm. It's freaking insane. I was gonna, <laughs> like, that was number one. First round qual. I was like, geez, but, man. Right, you gotta what? admit that that look. As far as like what you would vote for, uh, fan participation was it galvanizing? Was it electric? What was the talent level? Was it open level? Was it worthy? It completed the entire package of what was a number one deserving thing huge de- huge debate uh what was one through four and what was on the outside looking in some people are like oh i like this i like that but not one person disagreed on what was number one <laughs> yeah dude insane and then yeah. uh i mean the next month in uh new york it was like came and ricardo versus rafu and piotr first yes. round yep like, second geez. round second, second round. round they they had to beat cameron beans um and Sean Ladig oh, for sure. Okay. And Beans was jump serving his ass off. I, you know it's weird. Like Sean Ladig, Sean Ladig is in and out. Play. But that was I'm I'm embarrassed or I feel sad because I thought that was his best professional performance. But came Shalk and Ricardo. Sorry, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, not not gonna win that one. No, no but <laughs> eight, listen, eighteen and seventeen is respectable, dude. Super respectful. You know? Yeah, so, um, and Sean got his respect. And Cam Beans we, is universally loved. We all we all love us on Cam Beans. So, um, yeah, my New York one was um, Mike Salick and Greg Hunter, someone you, a lot of you guys don't know. Salick um, played for Southampton and then played a little bit on the okay. national team and then played in um, Belgium and then eventually finished his, his okay. indoor career in Greece. But he's one of these 40-something-year-olds, and he – for a long time was the best indoor player in New York City. So okay. he had more people at that qualifier, second yeah. round match, than the main draw did on center court, except for the Sunday finals, oh. with the exception of the Sunday finals. And you know where the qualifiers were played back then. They were playing that three net system where yeah. you could only you could only have a back shot or, you know, like a front and back shot. <laughs> and that yeah. that is jammed to capacity with people. And Greg Hunter, this guy with a dad bod, hairy, you know, tight shorts, hairy, yeah. hairy back. Man, this dude does not give an F, boy. I mean, it, it was just a great match. They eventually lost to Para, Alejandro Para and Paula Reza, but... Okay, but man, do I love Paula Reza. So, He's great. So getting back to you, you qualified with Rafi. You, wow. I think the same year or a year later, did you qualify with Hagen Smith? Um, or was that... I, Hermosa, was Hermosa Beach, that was 2017. Uh, same year. Same year. Yeah, same year. Same year. So Rafi actually dropped me the next tournament. Uh-huh. Uh, Keep playing Jeff Clemens Samuels. In New York. Uh, yeah. No, he he picked up uh, Brandon Clemens in New oh. York, and then we both lose first round. I was tragic, dude. I I feel so bad. If Shane Donahue listens to the show, I'm like, I still need to apologize for him for that showing in New York. I was awful. He don't forgive um, you. <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> dude, Shane Donahue, like all time good guy. Love that dude. Um, but yeah, I ended up playing with Hagen. Our first tournament was in Hermosa. And Hagen is one of my all-time favorite people I've ever played with. Because, dude, he just like, I love defenders who just, you know when the ball gets over you, your defender's laying out, like facing the sand for that ball. And Hagen yeah. has no give up in him. No. None at all. No, it's a and, competitive in nature. Let me interrupt yeah. you for a second. For the people listening, Hagen Smith is son of um, volleyball legend Sinjin Smith. 
I think the oldest son or second oldest son, probably the, the eldest oh, son. Oh. Uh, four four year starter at UCLA, second team All American setter, decided to play on the beach and he played with Cole Fears a lot, cut his teeth with them and then switched yeah. to partners here, Stephen Irvin. And then um, Hermosa Beach was you. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why I brought it up is because you played the McKibbins, I think, the first round. Yeah. Right? Dude, crazy. I think that was my first main draw win was the McKibbins. That was a crazy match, dude. A match that you very well could have lost if it it were not for what? No business winning that match. If it were not for what? First set. Tell us what happened. We were were down big, like maybe 16-12 in the first set, slowly coming back, and then we're down 20-18. to And we win this long rally, long drawn out rally. And Madison picks up the ball and just drop kicks it like punts, punts this thing, like gone. It lands and probably he, south of the pier, man. And he knew it as soon as that left his foot, he was like apologizing to the ref. He's like, no, I didn't mean it. He wanted to take it yeah. back. It's not but, his character. Red card <laughs> right away. So we go from 2018, we win the point 2019 red cards, 2020, we, I think we win the next two points or something like yeah. that. And boom, win the first set. And I was like, holy shit, we stole that one. Like, yeah. We had no business winning that set. Like they controlled it like start to finish. And that red card just like breathed new life in us. And then the third set, we were down again. Me and Hagen were down 10-8 in the third set of the second round of the qualifier and the final round of the qualifier. Yeah. And then first round of main draw against the McKibbins. And we came back to win all three of them in a row. We were just, dude, we just like hung on for dear life every set. And we ended up winning like 16, 14. And uh, that was a fun match, man. Having the crowd helped. Listen, when Madison did that, the McKibbins always have a good, a great following, and particularly in New York and Chicago. They're guys that actually have beards and stuff like that, want pictures with them. The first time I met the, the two of them, they beat Burek and um, uh, um, Kurt Topol in a qualifier. That was 2016 yeah. or 2015. So I've, I've always liked them, particularly Madison McKibben. Two, yeah. it wasn't in Madison's nature to be kicking balls. So that was not a norm. So the ref instinctively did a card. But what that kick did was take a lot of the fans who were neutral, who liked both of you, and swayed them more towards you and Hagen. It was so funny because, like, I I love Madison. I love Riley. I think they are so good for the game of beach volleyball. And I love everything they're doing. And I was like, oh, man. Like, as much as I hate to, to win a set like that, man. Punt as many balls as you want, Maddie. <laughs> Kick <Yeah>. them all. <laughs> Dude. But they all play, like, for sure. And I think Madison is such a good blocker. I mean, I've never hit a high line over Madison in my life. I, like, try, and I'm like, all right, this one's, like, 15 feet in the air, and Madison's still just, like, and he's just really He's it. really good at it, particularly on the ocean side. Because on, on the ocean side, you already got the set pushing you more in, so – it's almost like whether he's blocking line or whether he's doing like a four block crash or something or whatever, um, the ocean side is just gonna let him just abandon the call and just and just take both hands and do this. You know, yeah. when Jake and Earl played him, like I told Jake before the match started, dude, any anytime when you're on the south side, anytime you get a pass, just run a black set back set. Run the yeah. back set and the drift is gonna give you a shot against that block. Yeah. And he didn't listen and we got house twenty one mm-hmm. to nine. And then the second set, then all of a sudden he started, you know, he he ran a back set three times, got three consecutive kills, and I'm just like, you know, I mean, sometimes you gotta listen to fresh eyes outside, right? You know, because that's what coaching is, really. It's about fresh eyes, right? Yeah. Think think about 
Not even it's more about fresh eyes or just so much about fresh eyes than it is about experience, right? Look at Rich Lamborn, right? Does he have more beach experience than Taylor and Jake? No. Yeah. But he works in he lives in the video room like a savage and he's fresh yeah. eyes. Lockheed, does he have more experience than, than um Phil and Nick? No. But he knows enough. He's in the category of enough, enough, and he's fresh eyes. So I always tell all these young cats, dude, get a get a coach. Get a fucking coach, dude. And I just yeah. curse. Sorry, man. But I, I really wanted to bring that to your attention. I was steering everything from your first uh, main draw to that, to the no. very next question I'm going to ask you now, unless you wanted to finish a thought, because I'm, I'm oh, interrupting, dude. Um, you wrote something in one of your articles about not yeah. feeling like an imposter in the, tent, yeah. in the player's tent. Mm-hmm. How many main draws did you have to win? Or at what point, what main draw... Uh, or maybe main draw win. Maybe it was the McKibbins. Maybe it was that day. Maybe it was a year from that in Hermosa Beach. But I remember you wrote the article around the time of Hermosa Beach. I wasn't sure if it was 2017, 18, or 19 about like, I finally feel like one of them. I don't feel like an imposter in a tent. Yeah. Um, man, that's a great question. I don't know if there was a, a moment. I'd have to go back and look through what story I wrote because I do remember writing that. Um, but like anything in life, like anytime you find yourself in a position that you had once aspired to, you feel like you don't immediately belong. Like if you get a, if you get promoted at a big job, you don't think that you're like, Oh my gosh, like I'm not the CEO, you know, like that's for other people. And like, when I first wrote a book, I was like, I'm not an author, like JK Rowling's an author, but it, once you get used to that position that you're in, you understand that like, yeah, like you did the work and you belong there. And for me, you know, when I started the podcast with Try, like everyone that we had on like April and Phil and Kame and Ryan Darty and Avery and all these guys that like, I was like, dude, like you guys are, are the professionals. Like I'm just the writer guy, you know, I'm just here to like be this media guy and like write about your accomplishments. And like, you know, and as a player, it was hard for me to embrace that I was actually one of them and good enough to be in those conversations. But I think once I started getting into those practice groups, you know, almost daily where I was practicing with guys who are in the top six, seven, eight in the country. Where I was like, you know what, maybe I do belong in it. It was when it no longer became a surprise to me, but an expectation when I made a main draw was when I was like, okay, like I am in that class of athlete and player where I do belong here. Like I'm not an imposter. Like I could legitimately beat any team that I play against. You know, I've never played a real match against Phil and like he would be intimidating, but I wouldn't be like, yeah, like I'm never going to side out. Like, let's just get to 15. Like, I think I can beat anyone I play against. And once I got that feeling, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm not an imposter anymore. Like I I belong in this discussion. It touched me very much because as a guy who moved here five years ago that knew that on some level I had to pay dues all over again in some respects, you know, I've been coaching 21 years, you know, 13 NCAA, yeah. almost all of it as a head coach, high school championships, college final fours, whatever, coach of the year, Madison Square Garden. That was like 2014. Yeah. Um, you get into this validation game, which as New Yorkers, we don't like doing because New Yorkers, we don't care what you've done five years ago or last year. It's We're having a conversation as people. How are you talking to me now? Am I a person? Are you a person? Are, you, are we talking to each other like people? That's all we care about. So yeah. my danger was getting passed up for certain things where I'm like, so what? This fucking kid is 22 years old. He, he, he got it because he grew up in it and they didn't even pay attention to someone who's been doing this longer than he lived. And now if you listen to my language, I'm slowly becoming what I despise. Yeah. 
you know <laughs> you become what you despise so you know so i understand what you're saying because my first year here was rough i, I told kelly and you're gonna love this because i said this before and i'll say it again i said if you want to kill me because it was her idea she talked about how fun la oh more coaching opportunities this and that and i said if you want to kill me take me back to brooklyn and kill me <laughs> put put take me to the Verrazano bridge put uh, under the bridge put two in my head let me die like a man don't let me die here in the sand like a fucking snake <laughs> you know like a, so so that was my low that was somewhere between 2016 and 2017 but Rafu okay. what happened was Rafu and Kevin McCulloch took me on as a coach and helped them prepare for Manhattan Beach uh 2016 which by the way I played in I wanted to play in one just to get the experience. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a lifelong indoor player. So I just want, I played with Tyler Lucas. We got housed by Rosner and um, uh, TK uh, Kohler. Um, okay. um, I think it was like six and 16. <laughs> yeah. But I, but the point was I did it. I was 48 at the time and I just wanted to get it in before, just, just before I got too old. Right. So, but Rafa and Kevin made the draw, lost, the, lost uh, to Ty Loomis and then won five straight uh, contenders bracket matches. One five straight, and then from there, a um, couple of years later, he won with at Rat at Ratledge, but I still felt like an imposter, despite yeah. all the video room stuff I did. So what made me not feel like an imposter was taking a team that not a lot of people knew. No one knew Jake from New Jersey. You know Jersey Jake. Uh, yeah. Everyone knew Earl by the Afro, but they know the guy. He's the guy. Qualifier two, qualifier three. If we're labeling people, which I don't like to do, but they tried seven times, and I picked him up that one time, and they got in. And that's when I walked into the tent and saying, okay, some people are given that, uh, some coaches are given the spot because they know someone. Some people are given the spot because they deserve it. And then there's some people who, they're undeniable because they punch their own ticket. Right. And that's how I felt about you. You know, you, you, uh, you did it with Rafi, you did it with Hagen Smith, you did more with less, you did more with more. And now you're, you're in this scene and, and you're, I mean, the, the, where the rubber meets the road is you're likable. I'm not even, not, not if you're, <laughs> I can't think of one person that says, I don't like Travis Muirwitter. I can, I can think of a lot of people that say they like me, but I'm almost on an equal scale. No, that dude's annoying. That dude, you know, I mean, I'm, dude, I made the Volley Talk Wall of Fame like you did in, in, in another way. So, cause I remember you talking about that in one of your articles, which yeah. we're going to visit, but, but the, um, I blabbed enough on that part, but I just want to let you know, I felt you. You know, and yeah. in my own way, in my own way, you're, you're still in this elite athlete. You haven't even hit your ceiling yet. You're going to have an upgrade and downgrade and, 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 and partners, whatever the hell that means. And right. and eventually, if or when you do, when you win that chip, you got to come back on this podcast. I mean, I know you and yeah. Trier are going to talk about it on the Sandcast, but oh, yeah. but but I was down with you from day one when I was doing the beat volleyball one-on-one -on -one with for um and oh, yeah. for andor july so yeah. remember you won d jones too yeah so, uh -huh. yeah, so, yeah. so i was down that man i was with you you know i take i take these journeys with you i took the journey with eric baranek yeah uh, for the people listening eric baranek hitman for hire made the main draw eight times with seven different partners <laughs> you know or something like that six times with seven different partners you know yeah. including proser who's a cancer yeah. survivor but um tell everybody before i drift too far Tell everybody what started the Sandcast. The the Sandcast uh, is a pod of a, a strictly volleyball podcast with Triborn and Tr Travis Muirwitter here. And sometimes you veer off. Sometimes you have non volleyball guests. But um, the, I'm going to give you the floor. The floor is yours. How did that start? Um, so it was. We started in October of 2017. Um, and so at the time, I was 
not not a good beach volleyball player. Um, but I was new to the game and I was like jazzed on it. And I had started writing about it um, not long before, maybe in, in May of 2017 or 2016. One of the Huntington qualifiers, I was like, you know what? I'm going to write about it and cover it like it's March Madness. Mm-hmm. Right. And because um, I was working for this site, I was a Pac-12 beat writer at the time. Okay. And I was like, you know what? We're covering March Madness and we're breaking down every single match like it's, you know, the World Series. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do that with the Huntington Beach qualifier. So I wrote that and uh, Lee Feinswag at Volleyball Magazine found it. Like someone sent it to him. Uh, Kyle Blackburn sent it to him on Facebook and was like, hey, dude, you got to check this out. So he calls me like later that day. It's like, who are you and why are you writing for like, about beach volleyball? And so he picked me up as a freelancer. So I just started writing a ton of volleyball stuff. And I was working on my first book at the time. And Try was one of my first interviews. And he gave me like an hour and a half of his time. And I hung up and I was like, this is, and at the time, Try was ranked like number five in the world with Haydn. I was like, that was the fifth best player on the planet who just like gave me all the time in the world. Um, And then Try gets his autoimmune disease. And so he can't play. And so he was looking for something to do. And so he calls me and was like, hey, man, like, what do you think about starting a beach volleyball podcast? And I was like, I get a chance to hang out with Try like once a week and just chat volleyball. I was like, hell yeah, mm-hmm. like, of course. Um, and so we met at the Ocean Diner in Hermosa on 10th Street. And um, we just hashed it out. Like we bought some audio equipment and we just started like talking, like bringing in players and talking about volleyball and we put it out and now it's, you know, we're almost four years in this October will be four years. We've been doing it. Haven't missed a Wednesday since we started and uh, we just chat volley and it's awesome. Dude. Hey, blueberry pancakes, people, ocean diner. We're neighbors, but um, without giving away my exact address, I live around the corner. Yeah, from um, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Last time I was on the show, I was uh, we did an in-person yeah, one. I told you I'm a fucking idiot, dude. I told you. See, <laughs> we had this conversation. Yeah, so we had this conversation yeah. before it starts. Sorry, guys. So we yeah, so me and Charlie, like we're we're doing it. We're actually now. Um, we were talking to Anouk uh, Verge Verge Dupre, or however you pronounce it, the Swiss uh, defender. Yep. Um, and so we are now like the official podcast of the IBVPA. Which Good. is like the International Beach Volleyball Players Association. So we're like um, going to start doing a lot more international content um, mm-hmm. because they like wanted a voice, and they're like, "Hey, you guys are doing great stuff. We like want to be on board." You're like, "Yeah, however we can help. Let's just do it." Tell you what, man. If you ever have a show where like the pools are announced after the qualifier for the draw, freaking yeah. Zoom Skype me, man. We we could do like a, a winner a pick winner stuff. You yeah. know, put me, put me yeah. on the camera in the corner and we'll and we'll we'll go through each pool who we think is gonna finish first in each pool. Just I just, love doing that just stuff. to make that. Yeah, I'm. I mean, honestly, I, I could be your your um outside guest or whatever. I mean, you yeah. look, you guys. You guys earned it. Four years ago, up to this point, man, you you have all these these interesting interviews, and you get a lot out of these players that a lot of people don't know about them. I um, I would like to think I do the same thing because sometimes I don't ask, I don't always ask comfortable questions either. You know, I I had McKenzie on the podcast. I was talking about the PE, the uh, banned substance he got busted for, or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, but. <laughs> Look, but if he doesn't answer that, people think he he you know he's he's doing something shady. It turns right. out that he, um, they wanted him to fly to Australia and test, and I think he was in Belgium, and the money that 
they weren't paying for his flight. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not flying, right. spending all my money to fly out of there for a test. So no show is the same thing as failing. So that's what something, you know, so if you, you Google search, it, it doesn't say that, you know, but so sometimes it helps just to ask the question, dude, you know, yeah. you know, Dave McKenzie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know Dave McKenzie. He's out in what, Singapore now? Uh, Malaysia. Yeah. Yep. Malaysia, Malaysia. Okay. Yep. I got about five minutes before I get a little dinner date with my wife here, Jen. Yeah, listen, today is Thursday pizza night. It's supposed to be me, Kelly, and my four-year-old. And she, Kelly's already yeah. like, why are you doing this at six? And I'm like, because <laughs> it's Travis. So and, <laughs> I, I, and I could only get away with this because it's you. Because you're the, she can't. She's not going to be mad at you. Who's going to be mad at Travis, dude? So listen, one more topic. And I think it's going to last one. It's gonna last the time we, we, we spend our um Someone on Volley Talk yeah. said this very, very interesting post, and I wanted you to, to give you the floor on this. Yeah. And I like what he wrote, and I like your response. Uh, he says, by no means, he's talking about you not qualifying for the draw, by no means is this meant to hammer the guy. But if you can't qualify in this qualifier, I think it's fair to say it's time to reassess exactly what you're doing. <laughs> That's the piece I want to read from him a deep introspection and discussion of the brutal nature of qualifiers and when to say uncle. Yeah. I really so, like that question because it sounded like he was just talking shit, like another uh, uh, troller, which by the way, we don't feed trollers, but this was worth the response because um, I'm going to go you to go first. Yeah. Well, he asked a good question. He wasn't just like, Oh, he sucks. You know? And he was just like, this is what I want to read for him. Like, why are you still doing this? And at the time I was like, mind-boggled because like i had just started like i've been playing beach for like two years and so the the what was being referenced in that post was and i'd never heard of volley talk before that post went up it was the hermosa beach qualifier of 2017 and i was playing with dr vandermeer and we lost in the third round to logan weber and charlie van Ries. and and logan is now playing phenomenal volleyball but this was like when logan was pretty raw and logan and was Trump coming was a good up yeah player, but a match that I think that we were probably expected to win. Um, and so we lose and we don't qualify. And I'm like crestfallen. I'm like, damn, dude, like that's the one. Like that was the time to qualify. And so this guy on Volley Talk asks like that question. He's like, when's the time to hang it up? I said, like, what are you talking about? Time to hang? Like I just got started playing. Like I'm like a B player, man. <laughs> and my editor called me and was like, dude, you're famous. Like you, you have your own thread on Volley Talk. And so I was like, yep, I got one too, man. I feel you. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to actually take some time to think about this. Like it's a fair question. And I think one that probably every beach volleyball player has faced just the nature of the sport. Like, what are we doing here? Um, and so I ended up, my favorite quote of all time comes from Teddy Roosevelt. It's the man in the arena and it's, gosh. I'll read it. I have it. Yeah, we just we just moved, so I don't know where. Would you like me to read it? I have it in front of me. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, Teddy Roosevelt says the credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who does actually strive to to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? who at best knows in the end the triumph of a high achievement or at the worst if he fails or at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know 
victory nor defeat. Right. So, and it begins, it's like the, it's not the critic who counts, like the credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena. Yep. And I was like, you know what? When I was living in Florida, I was living this unbelievable life, right? So I, I had a job that I loved with editors who just gave me full freedom, right? And yeah. I was I, I was writing some of the best I've ever written, and I just discovered beach volleyball. But I was like, I wasn't really like, – nothing made me feel like jazzed and like stoked and like real alive. And then I started playing beach volleyball, and I was like, damn, like this is it right here. Like this is a rush. And so like that's it. Like – that's the ticket, right? Like that's the key is that I want to do something that's going to make me feel like that all the time. And like Teddy Roosevelt says, he's like, most people are too timid to get that feeling because when you go out in a qualifier, like you're vulnerable as heck. Like if you lose to a team, you're not supposed to lose to then I mean, it's a lose, lose, like you shouldn't have lost. And so people are like, Oh, like it's time to hang it up, you know, but at least I was out there, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so that became, that's like just my mantra, like every day, is that, you know, going to China for a single elimination qualifier with Mike Bogue. We were dead last season in the qualifier, like spent like a thousand bucks to get there. It could have been one match and we were out. But I was like, you know, like we're in the arena, like we're doing it. Like this is what it's all about. And you end up just accumulating these incredible life experiences and building these relationships just because you have the balls to go for it. And so, and that's just like, just been the fuel for the journey since then. It's just like let's get back in the arena. Let's that's get back in the arena. But that's interesting that what that's what you got out of that 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 that, that diatribe. My operative words were um, it's time to reassess, meaning for a long time. And there are female players like this, just like you. There are guys who are trying to qualify, they're not in the draw. There's times to qualify, they're not in the draw. Someone like Partain comes along, yeah. right? Qualifies. This guy comes along, qualifies. And the women, I'm not even going to talk about because once it became an NCAA sport. The, all, all of these girls who were like bottom in the main drawer or, or upper qualifier, they're getting housed by girls like Chrissy Jones, uh, Maple and Kraft, anyone whose last name is Norse and this and that. So time to reassess uh, what I got from it was, do people jump higher than Miles Partain? Yes. Are people, do people hit harder than him? Yes. Do Are people more physically athletic than him? Hell yeah. But yet, there he is, and there you are. And I think the time to reassess, the time to assess came more from um, change a coach, do something. Time to cowboy the, cowboy the F up. Or, or keep doing this for fun and say that's who you are. And that was, to me, that was, I mean, that's what I got, which is actually a hell of a lot more cold than, 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 what you thought was just the disrespectful nature of the other post or whatever and this and that. But, but it, we got two different things from it, but, but they both have a common denominator. You love this, you want this, and you want to be a better version of yourself. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what I got out of it, you know? So. And like, I, you know, he asked a fair question. I was like, all right, man, like you asked a question, I'll take the time to answer But that's it. why and you I- answered it because Travis, do not feed the trolls okay <laughs> your, your your brand for what you're doing sandcast and even now as a volleyball player they're gonna be people do not feed the trolls okay <laughs> but this was i don't know it was like half troll but Gotcha. Hooked it. Hey, we got food, man. We got pizza, okay? But uh, I, I got pizza. I don't know. I mean, Delaney, uh, in addition to fixing everything, does she cook too? What's up? Yeah, she's a, an awesome cook. It's, uh... Ain't nobody in this house cook, dude. Ain't nobody in my house cook. I make chicken parmesan four times a year, but it's worth it because I do it the Brooklyn way. Travis, <laughs> before we go, um, yeah. tell everybody where they can find Sandcast and tell everybody that wants to know more about my man, Travis Muirwitter. Yeah, so Sandcast you can find on uh, Spotify, iTunes, like wherever you listen to 
your podcast, you can find it there. Um, for me, for my writing, you can find my writing on Volleyball Mag, FIVB. And then personally, if you want to follow like whatever I'm up to, my Instagram is at Tramew, T-R-A-M-M-E-W. Damn, I never knew that. <laughs> Even I didn't know that. So glad I asked. So listen, guys, for everybody um, listening, Travis might love you, but I don't love you. And in fact, I can't even stand you. In fact, I'm out of here. I'm going to cue my ending. And you, you stay with me. I'm going to cue my ending for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad, for all of you on your iPhones at Starbucks, for all of you on your Droid, for all of you on your desktop. Who runs the world? Old school. Old school. For Travis Mirwitter, I am Jason DeBeas. This is episode 8 of the option podcast we're out <laughs> check out the option podcast on optiondb.com it's also available on itunes and spotify and on youtube under the ny varsity sports handle you're gonna love what you hear